wanted to talk to Perry because I think Perry's got a unique background for somebody in computer science, a little non-traditional. And Perry just has this experience running these gigantic large-scale systems. And I don't think there's many people on Earth that have run as big a systems as Perry has run um, for as long. Yeah, I, I, felt, I felt like some of that background and that diversity became uh, the balance between the handicap and the advantage steadily moved towards advantage over, the, uh, the, uh, over my career. There's not that many people on the planet that run systems at the size. There are only in a few companies, and there's only a few people in those jobs that are in charge that are running the biggest systems in the world. What have you learned about large-scale systems? Think about it, about uh, lots of containment is the way I think about it. Each stage of uh, the system, you have to think about building for robustness so that it stays within its expected behavior. The real power of the cloud has been our ability to aggregate millions and tens of millions of CPUs into a, into a service that spans the globe and can scale out uh, and solve big, big problems. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can figure out a way to do that in a highly parallel system, you've got something that is potentially much more robust and will scale better over time because it's got a linear characteristic to it. You would double the number of CPUs. If you figured out a good partitioning model, then you'll get twice as much throughput at the end. We really are at the cusp of a transformation in, in productivity and the tools we can provide to people across this planet to become more productive. At this moment in time, in this industry, if you're a technologist, it is something that's a real privilege. You know, you think back in the history of technology and you go and you read some of the stories about development of uh, steam engine, um, racing across continents to lay down uh, railway lines and uh, telegraph lines and inventing telephones and TVs. And you go, wow, wouldn't it have been cool to be right there working on that problem at that time? And then you realize you're kind of working on that problem at that time. Here we are. Uh, right here. And that's a pretty special privilege. You now manage a very large international team. Like, I don't know. It's on in the order of thousands of people. I'm not sure exactly how many. Oh, 4,000. Um, 4,000. So that's a big organization. I mean, and yeah, well, how does one manage a very large international team of 4,000 people? Like, I mean, what are the techniques that are important what's critical what, what do you think about when you do that because that's got to be that's a huge chunk of your time too well uh yes it is and it's a very high percentage of my time jobs are changing constantly but if you're evolving your thinking and you're constantly uh learning then people are staying fresh and uh they're developing domain expertise and if they're giving if you're they're given the uh, responsibility of thinking through problems and given the ability to wholly own those problems then i think that's one of the one of the key ways of solving this problem people want to be part of something that they love and they can't love something that doesn't have a soul uh, it's very very hard to build a system that's neglects that aspect of it so a lot has to go into that and it starts with making sure that the people who care about that stuff are people who are in roles in which they're responsible for people. Fitting people to their roles so that their strengths match the needs of the role and their weaknesses are minimized in that role is one of the most important things both managers and individuals can do in terms of maximizing success. I think there's this management model of like, uh, take all your people, shave off all the corners so that everybody's a great round peg. <laughs> yeah, like, That's awesome.
if all your problems are round holes that you got to fill. But I got triangular holes and square holes and star-shaped holes. So discovering a rare star-shaped person is awesome. You know, you got Superman. It's like, okay, well, 80% of our jobs is digging kryptonite. So we're going to put you on the digging kryptonite line. You're like, what? One of the impacts of COVID was this massive need for us to scale up our real-time communication services, chat and um, meetings, in particular meetings. Because all of a sudden, all these customers who are used to having meetings by getting into a room and sitting around and talking, and maybe one person would join remotely or dispersed across all their homes, and now 30 people needed to join the meeting. Mm-hmm. So the difference between having a meeting that has an online component with one person participating remotely plus the room, so sort of two components, and yep. everybody is 15 times more load on the service. And it's fair to say Microsoft historically has always been good in a crisis, right? Company always is great at, you know, okay, we've got a big problem, we've got to come together and do it. But this one was special. This, the, the scale was incredible. The numbers of teams that had to come together to solve this problem was amazing. Because not only do we have to find how to scale up, we also had to figure out places in which big teams had to instantly get more efficient so that we could free up enough CPUs, servers, mm. across the company. break down in other places. That's right. And we couldn't, they were growing too. Like everybody grew. So it had to get suddenly dramatically more efficient. Every single remote team said, hey, you know, there's lots of stuff that's bad about what we're going through COVID. I would love to go out for two restaurants. I'd love to see my friends and so on. But one thing that's unquestionably better is, hey, I am a better employee for Microsoft because when I'm in a meeting, I can see all the content. I can hear all the content. People can hear me and I can participate and contribute. What is the best advice you've received? Say, what, if you can think of one thing somebody said to you in your career, what, what do you think was the best advice? Uh, hey, why don't you come to for two two pieces of advice? Hey, why don't you come for an interview with Microsoft? <laughs> that wasn't uh, a stupid thing to do. And he said, well, when you think about one job versus the other, one of them is probably likely to make the little hairs on the back of your neck stand up and give you a little tingle. Take mm. that job. Yeah. That sense of excitement, that sense of passion, that sense of engagement uh, uh, and want is something that you, your intuitional self is telling you about what you like to do, mm. not what you want to like to do, what you actually <laughs> like to do. I think your superpower is that you look at things differently from a lot of the people I know around me, and you're very exacting in your thinking. So I actually think that's a superpower of yours, that just that different perspective in that exacting sort of um, mindset about it. And it, I think it came true. 